0: This morning uh, in our Sunday morning <coughs> uh, class and, and book, Brother Jimmy referenced this morning uh, the scripture when our Lord was speaking about how hard it is for them that trust in their riches or their money to be able to go to heaven. And in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 24, he was speaking to, prior to that, to the rich young ruler And his disciples were astonished at his words. And our Lord answered. um, And and he's talking to the good master there and what he would have to inherit eternal life. And uh, Tells him in verse 24, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Brother Jimmy brought out uh, literally of a needle, no, but uh, to be able to go through the entrance in the wall into the city where that camel would have to stoop down way, way down to try to get through to indicate the fact that a rich man, uh, is someone who trusts in a rich, or someone who is rich, it's not impossible for them to go to heaven. Uh, if they'll do the right thing with their money and the riches. Tonight, that brings us to our wisdom in Proverbs concerning wisdom regarding money. Money has always been a motivator. Motivates me to get up early in the morning to be able to maybe even rise before the sun comes up to do things prior to having to leave, to engage in uh, my work, my profession that I have chosen in my life, it motivates you. Would we have that motivation if it wasn't for money? Probably not, (laughs) probably not. I do get to enjoy my job, I, I play every day, I teach, but I get to play with kids every day. And that is one of the greatest blessings to me uh, that I get to do. I get to teach, but also in that teaching, I get to play. Um, I get to cut up with the kids and, and those of said,, you know, I've learned my lesson about cutting up with the kids not too long ago. My principal um, talked to me on a Monday morning. She said, um, I would like for you to know that I have had multiple, multiple um, questions and, and uh, things sent by emails to our website, wanting to know if we were off Monday and Tuesday. I said, "What do I got to do with that?" She said, "Well, the kids went home and told their parents that you said that they had been so good all week, you were going to give them two days off." Well, yeah, I did say that. I was intending a Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> they didn't count them days. They counted Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> she said, uh, "She said, so, well, um, you need to be careful. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I guess I do. Uh, she said, I told those parents you cut up all the time, <laughs> these kids anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it was on a Friday afternoon, and I told them, I said, y'all have to come back to school for two days. I said, y'all been so good this week. Uh, so, anyway, Um That's a blessing that uh, I get to be a part of. And again, uh, many of you as well get to do that. And uh, sometimes things get hard. This year has been a hard year for educators. Um, But uh, it's still still a great blessing. People often have conflicting ideas concerning money. Some say that it is sinful to be rich. Others might say that it's a virtue to be poor. Many think that money provides the ultimate security. And I have seen that, and I know that you have too, both sides of that. The Bible has a great deal to say about money. It speaks about earning and it speaks about spending your money. Saying and giving. Saving and giving. It even warns about wasting <clears throat> our money. But the book of Proverbs is particular in, in, in its discussion of the issues relating to money. The book of Proverbs really focuses on the part of wealth and poverty. Versus generosity and greed. But there's most certain is a lot of lessons to be learned concerning saving our money, being smart with our money. And I was always told when I was younger, says, boy, he's got money in his pocket and it's burning what? A hole. Always wanted to spend it. Always wanted to try to find a way to buy something or buy something else or looking for the, the newest thing or the latest thing or whatever. Uh, if I had just a little bit of money, I um, always felt like I had to spend it. I always felt like I had to get rid of it and, um, until I got older. And when my priorities changed and when I finally grew up a little bit, uh, I said, wow, I might need to hang on to some of that. Might be a rainy day, might need this for that or that. And then uh, as I got older and got on up into um, in my 20s and was going to marry, it really came important to hold on to that money uh, because I wanted to provide for my good wife and and a home and, and those things. But again, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say concerning that part about money of wealth and poverty versus generosity and greed. So tonight we ask the question, what wisdom can we glean from Proverbs concerning money? Let's first consider tonight uh, what is said regarding wealth and poverty. In Proverbs chapter 10, in verse uh, 15, It gives us an indication or it says to us, as we've already mentioned, money will always and has always provided a source of security. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. You go on in chapter 18 and verse 11. And it makes this reference. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and as in high wall in his own conceit. And we could go on in chapter 13 and verse 8 as well to see that money has always provided people with security. Everything is good. Everything is great. If we always have a a lot of money, if we just had a lot of money, how many times have you thought about that? If I just had this amount of money, what I could do with it? Oh, if I just had this, I could what? Now, most of us, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well, if I had this amount of money, I would go and buy this. Now, that's how we most times think, isn't it? But we're talking about tonight regarding the wealth and the poverty and then we're gonna move into the generosity and greed part of that. But it also, as you look in Proverbs 14 and verse 20 and on into 19 as we read tonight in our passage, money brings about companionship of friends. Now I'm gonna tell you, young people, and older people as well, as long as you got money, you're gonna have what? Friends. People are going to be around, and I can remember, that. I've told this story before, the first vehicle I finally ever got. When I finally got a vehicle, it wasn't much, but it had four wheels, and it got you from point A to point B. I had a lot of friends. I had so many of them, I was in a pickup truck, I had so many of them, they'd ride in the back. But I'm going to tell you what, when the old 1976 Ford went down, guess what? My friends went away. I didn't have nobody to help me push it. And have nobody, nobody around. Nobody ever wanted to help with the gas. Uh, So, money brings about a lot of friends and a lot of companionships. And when you have a lot of different things, not necessarily money, but things that money can buy, that brings about a lot of friends as well. Proverbs chapter 22 speaks of the thought that money brings about power or influence. When you look at Proverbs chapter 22 and verse seven, the rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. So it has some uh, thought there concerning power or influence. The ability to speak more freely, Proverbs 18. Now I want you to look at all these characteristics of people, if the, if one has a lot of money or has a lot of wealth, they have the, they, they feel they have the ability to speak more freely. In Proverbs eighteen and verse uh, twenty three, and it says to us there, the poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly. Now you think about that. Is that not described sometimes? A lot of people who feel they have a degree of security and a lot of friends because of their money and power and influence. And then it brings about one who will speak more freely. And as the the King James puts it there, answereth what? Roughly. I don't have to be as humble. If I have more money than you or if I have more wealth than you, it's almost like that they look down at people. And these are things most certainly that we need to avoid and not allow to come into our life. So wealth does have its advantages in one sense, in one sense it doesn't. But wealth does not provide everything. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 2 tells us that it does not deliver us from death. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 is appointed unto man once to die, then what? The judgment. So no matter how, much, how wealthy we are, no matter how much money we have, or we have saved up, it's not going to excuse us from death. <clears throat> it does not deliver us from death. Those who trust in their riches will fall, Proverbs 11 <clears throat> and verse 28. He that trusteth in his riches, what, shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. So these, again, are great warnings for us. But again, the acquisition there of wealth. Those who trust, again, in their riches will fall. Uh, but what about that acquisition of wealth? It must be gained honestly, such as through labor. Proverbs 13 and verse 11. Working. The New Testament scripture says, a man does not work, he should not what? Eat. Contrary to what? Our society today. As I've always said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> and believe me, you're looking at a young man who would not have eaten at school if he did not have free lunches. But there's no such thing as free lunch. All these stimulus checks that we're getting or have gotten or whatever, people say, oh, that's just free money. Well, I shared something on social media. Some of you may have seen it. If you think 14, if you think $1,400 changed your life, just think about what you've done if you got a job. <laughs> oh, a lot of people are claiming $1,400 changed their life. But again, and most certainly, there are people who are handicapped and can't work, and I'm not speaking of that. But I'm going to tell you, when I see people a lot younger than myself and a lot younger than you, who are not working, who have the ability to work, and they will tell you, they will say, if I go to work, I'll lose all my benefits. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's nothing but communism. If you give everything free to the country, they'll never rise up and they'll never question what you're doing. That's what we're seeing in our country right now. We are seeing that in our country. People are not going to fight against it because they're giving them everything free. And that's not what God intended when it comes to money, when it comes to laboring, and to come to work. Young people, get you a job and go to work. I always think about Jamie Crocker. When Lauren graduated, he said, get out in the world and make your way. He kicked her out. Not literally, but <laughs> he kicked her out. He said, get out and go to work. You know, many, <clears throat> many of us do well uh, to do that. And young people, maintain your jobs. When you get a job, work hard and be the best employee to that employer that you can. Go above and beyond what they ask you to do. What's the mentality of most folks? I'm only going to do what's required. I'm not going to do anything else. You're not going to make me do anything else. My grandfather gave me a, some good advice when I was beginning to work in the workforce. And he would say, if you're working, I always, well, I've said this many times, give a man an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And he would say, when you're working for someone and you're getting paid and and you've caught up and there's nothing else to do, go find something to do. He said, don't be standing around. Back then we didn't have phones, but now that's the the thing. As a man uh, built a building for me, I seen him fire two young people. Within the three weeks they were there because they were standing on their phone while they were supposed to be working. So, maintain those jobs. Be a good employee. It's also a good example of a Christian. One who is, is working and, and who is reliable and, and, and doesn't have to be stayed on all the time about, you know, get busy and go to work and, and, and you know, do this and do that. An employer doesn't look, don't really have to do those things. Many of you have worked employees, but we as employees need to look for those things. But again, acquiring that wealth. And when we acquire that wealth and we will acquire that money, we need to keep it in perspective. I want you to think about this tonight. Young and old, keep that money in perspective and making that money in perspective. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4 speaks against or to that. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Do not do not overwork to be rich. A lot of people will, will do that. I've got to work and work and work and work and I'm going to get every bit of the overtime I can get. And then when they do that, they fail at their health. They fail at raising their families. They fail at their children having them when they needed them. And I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of working so much that I was disconnected from my own family. And that's not a good thing. And we need to guard against that. Because I felt like I needed to work. Oh, there were times that we struggled that I had to go do extra things. Um, Not too many years ago, um, I worked with a good friend of mine at night. I would get out of teaching. And I would go work with him at night and help with painting and uh, putting rocks around fireplaces and things because we needed that money. We needed to keep going and, and we needed not to be rich, but we had obligations and, and it was a tough time that we went through. And there's so certainly not anything wrong with that. But don't overwork to be rich. Riches, riches easily, remember this, riches easily disappear. Proverbs 23 and verse 5 Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves, what, wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. <laughs> riches disappear quickly. How do they do that? Because we're always, what, spending that money, aren't we? We've got to find the newest Whatever. We gotta do this, we gotta do that. I, I have to really watch myself when it comes to fishing. Them little Barbie Garland uh, baits that they put out now. My uncle told me about one other night, he was catching fish on in Alabama, and I gotta have me some of them. Called purple monkeys. I gotta have me some purple monkeys. Uh, they're catching fish. And we've gotta guide or guard ourselves rather against those things so that we keep it in the right perspective. So again, they can disappear and will disappear when we don't keep our riches and our money in the right perspective. We as parents should be guiding our children concerning their money. One time I can remember in our situation uh, or I heard it with another kid and says, well that's my money. Well, yeah, it may be your money, but I'm going to tell you, if you want to look at it that way, I can look that my electricity you're using, my water you're using is my water, my electricity, so let's just take time about and you pay rent and we'll be all right. That ain't how it's supposed to be, is it? But we've got to be able to use our minds and be able to think wisely about that money and help guide our children as parents. Saying, hey, you need to put some back. You need to do this and you need to do that. Make sure your obligations are met before you take and spend that money for whatever reason there is. Some are poor. Well, before we go there, wealth can be a blessing, but it can easily become a curse. Wisdom makes the difference and that's what the book of Proverbs does for us. Now, the second half of this lesson is regarding poverty and greed and generosity. Some are poor because of circumstances beyond their control, the greed of others,
1: the usury and
0: extortion of how we're heavily taxed a lot of times uh, in in our world in which we live. You know, again, in in the administration that we have right now, you know, they're giving them all this money. But what has happened to gas prices? Went sky high, hadn't they? Um, It has to be paid. It has to be paid. uh, This money that's going out has got to come from somewhere. Taxes or gas prices or whatever the case may be, it's got to come from somewhere. But again, some are poor because of circumstances. Others are poor because of their own sinful conduct. Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 6 through 11 speaks of laziness. Chapter 10 and verse 4, there's a lot in Proverbs concerning laziness. Now I'm going to tell you, you probably can look around in our society today and we probably see more laziness today than we ever have. You talk to anybody who tries to hire employees, Talked to a man just the other day um, having some work done, and, and I asked him, and he had come out to do some work for me and on, a, on my boat, actually, and he pulled out his tools, and he said, all of them are gone. They were uh, ease-outs is what they were. He said, all the one I need is gone. And he said, the, the kids that I have or the young men I have working for me now have no responsibility. I said, you know how to stop that, don't you? I said, have them by their own tools. He said, that's where we're at. And he said, I try to provide them tools. And he said, and I'm going to tell you what, he said, I've went through eight young men, eight young men, and he said, I finally found one that is dependable and will work, and that's not lazy. Now, that's sad, isn't it? When an employer has to go through eight young men To find one that is mediocre uh, mediocre as far as an employee is pretty sad of what it speaks about our society. So this is a great lesson for our young people and old as well. But others are poor because of their sinful conduct, their laziness, they're refusing to heed correction. Proverbs 13 and verse 8. A lot of uh, what we see in our our world today, uh, employees, young and old, well, tell an employer, no, you're not going to tell me to do that. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Well, if as long as it's not against the Word of God, we have a right, if we're going to work for that employee, we have a right to do that. But many of our young and many of our old, even today, are saying, they're not going to tell me what to do. That's just the wrong attitude to have. Sometimes drunkenness or gluttony Wasting time on frivolous things. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 11 speaks to that thought of wasting time. He that tilleth his hand shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Proverbs 28 and verse 19 speaks of that same thing. And again, poverty is not always self-inflicted, but in many cases it is. Poverty comes from natural disasters. Poverty comes from God's chastisement, persecution, even voluntary choice. But as most Christians today, we are blessed with relative wealth, way beyond what we deserve. But what does it say about our generosity and our greed? What does Proverbs have to say? Proverbs chapter 28 in verse 27, says this toward the needy and the, the poor. Verse 27 says, He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. You see, we as Christian people, when we talk about our money and managing our money, We should look for opportunities to be generous, to show generosity toward, again, those who are household of faith, but those who are in need. A kind word or a kind act of generosity doesn't take a lot of money or a lot of time, but we need to be a generous people. Giving to the poor. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 speaks to uh, being generous toward the Lord and honoring, honoring him with our first fruits, that things that come off the top. You know, that's I think that's how we need to look. I don't say I think, I, I know. That's how we need to look at our money, that the Lord's part should come off the top. We shouldn't say, well, I'm going to buy this fishing lure and this This hunting thing or this, uh, whatever the case we men like to do, or these women as far as shopping and things, I'm going to buy these things or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to give the Lord what's left over. You see, that's out of kilter. It should be I'm going to give the Lord my first fruits. I'm going to give my Lord coming off the top and then whatever I have, I'm going to use it down through here. That's how we as Christians should look at those things concerning generosity. But what are the benefits of generosity? The natural benefits is the inherent joy of giving, Proverbs 11 and verse 17. It should bring joy to us when we give to other people. If we take and we buy someone's lunch or someone's supper or dinner, or we help someone that's poor that has an outstanding bill, or we help help someone with gas or whatever the case may be, it should be a great joy for us. There are divine benefits, the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs 3 and verse 10 and 11, uh, verse 24 and 25, chapter 19 and verse 17, speaks of the divine benefits from the Lord. Our true happiness comes with the Lord as our benefactor and we must be generous. We must be a generous people and help people. Not necessarily always with a monetary value. There's a lot of ways to help people without even having any money. But what about greed as we close? What are the qualities of greed? What does it mean to be greedy? Greedy. I can always remember when our children were little, they were little babies, and they would sleep. And some of my family members, they would say, if they were laid on their back, y'all may have heard this, I don't know, maybe an Alabama thing, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> they would say, if they slept with their hand open, they would be generous. If they slept with their clothes, they'd be greedy. I think all of mine slept with their closed. <laughs> I had my job cut out for me. I don't know. Uh, I can't even remember now. But I can remember them looking at our babies and saying that. I'm like, well, hey, that ain't had no sense. Whether they had had no big difference. Um, I guess it was an old wives' tale, I guess, as they say. Uh, But again, regarding greed. The qualities of greed is we have unsaturable desires. We're like a leech. Proverbs chapter 30. In verses fifteen and sixteen, the horse leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth shall the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. You can have everything in the world, but you're never going to be satisfied. When someone is a greedy person, they're never satisfied with what they have. They're always looking to take and find more. A lot of times, people trust in their riches in that way, and they think that, that money brings happiness. <clears throat> and they go, and they buy this, and they go, and they buy that. And, and I've been through times like that in my life that it just, just made me feel better, didn't it? <laughs> You ever done that, just bought something that made you feel better? Uh, I always share the story. You know, when I was younger, went through a, a situation, and I went and bought myself some jewelry and clothes, and made me feel better. But after a while, guess what? All that went away. I was back to um, my, my depressed self, I guess I could say. But that regarding greed, insatiable desires, laziness, hypocrisy, the danger of greed we find that troubles oneself, it troubles one's family when you have a family member who's greedy. You think about when certain families go through death and they have to divide up mama and daddy's things, or they have to divide up this inheritance or that inheritance. It brings a lot of trouble to oneself and to one's family. A lot of families have been broken. There are a lot of family members today who will not even speak or still have hatred or grudges toward a family member because of money, because of material things. That was mine, just as much as it was yours. We would do well, I think, to be able to say, if you can live with it, I can live without it. I think that's some great advice I was given years ago when it comes to those things. There are greedy people. Every family has them. A lot of times families see that, But we need to try to avoid that and not be the one who fusses and fights over those things of money and wealth because it does bring misery for ourselves and others. And again, we must not be a greedy people. So with the aid of the book of Proverbs, we have some wisdom regarding wealth and poverty, generosity and greed. In the blessing of the Lord, we can experience both, that wealth that comes from honest labor, generosity that springs from a merciful heart. Did you hear that? Having a merciful heart. Look around to find someone in need. Lord's been good to you, hasn't he? He's been good to me. He's blessed me, not only materially, but it was my job and the different jobs that I do and my preaching. And we always, when the Lord blesses us like that, we need to really think about how can we use that money to bring glory and honor to God and to our Lord. The rich and the poor have this one thing in common, Proverbs 22 and verse 2. I'm going to leave this with you. The Lord is the maker of them all he's the maker of the poor he's the maker of the rich and he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker but he who honors him has mercy on the needy proverbs 14 and 31. so tonight as we've looked at the thought of our wealth and our riches and our money you know, we, we may not be struggling with that, but maybe we have. Maybe we have failed as Christians to reach out and to find opportunities. There's other ways to give other than just putting it into the plate on Sunday morning. There's a lot of ways to give throughout the week and to develop a plan on how to give and how to set your, your finances up, that the Lord gets his part. A lot of people say, well, we're not required to tithe. You're right, we're not. But I'm going to tell you, it's a great measuring stick, isn't it? When you can find it in your heart to say, Lord, I know you don't require this of me, but I'm going to give you 10%, and sometimes even more. And I'm going to tell you what, what does it say? That it'll come back to you, don't it? Ten times we need to be a generous people and maybe we need to develop the right kind of mind and heart when it comes to our riches and to be able to give to the Lord and bring glory to him tonight maybe you're struggling in some way and you need the prayers of the church let us help you let us pray for you and pray with you if you need to become a Christian to help and to to the way you live, and and to live for the Lord, and be added to the Lord's church, we encourage you to do that. Because again, the Lord's been good to you. You owe it to the Lord, actually. But he's not going to force you. So tonight, whatever your need may be, please come, together we stand, and as we sing.